the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. What they were teaching actually shut the door to the kingdom of heaven. And the terrifying thing is, people didn't even realize the door was shut. They thought they were on the road to salvation because, hey, we're listening to the Pharisees and scribes. They're the leaders. We're doing what they say. We're doing what they teach us. They thought they were on the road to salvation when they were on the road to destruction, and they didn't even know it. They were oblivious to that reality. And I think this is a very, very terrifying thing. Why should God let you into heaven? Is it because you are doing everything your church tells you to do? Today, Pastor Dan teaches us that we can be doing everything our church tells us to do and still end up in hell. Jesus told the people in the temple that they are headed for hell because they listen to the religious leaders. What a terrifying thing to think that we're going to heaven when really we're headed toward hell. Let's remember that salvation comes from a real relationship with Jesus and not from works. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 23 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. You may not be familiar with a phylactery. A phylactery is a little leather box. It's only about this big. It's pretty small, maybe just two inches by two inches kind of thing, a little cube. And inside the box was a little piece of parchment paper with several verses of scripture written on it from Exodus and Deuteronomy. And it was worn by Jewish men during morning prayers. One phylactery was worn on the forehead And another was worn on the left arm. Orthodox Jews still use phylacteries today. This practice actually came from a verse in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 8, where it says, You shall bind the law of God on your hands and on the frontlets between your eyes. And the Jewish people take that verse Literally, And so they bind a little box containing the law on their forehead and another on their hand, because that's what it says to do in Deuteronomy. I would never fault someone for taking the Bible literally, but I believe the point of that command is really you should always keep God's commands at the forefronts of your thoughts, like right between your eyes, always on your mind. You're always thinking about God's commandments. And you should always keep God's commands in everything that you put your hands to, everything that you do. I think that's probably the real meaning behind that. And then where he talks about, you know, broadening the borders of their garments. That comes from uh, Numbers chapter 15, verse 38. There the law commands Jews to sew tassels into the corners of their garments. We've talked about this before in Matthew. And the purpose of those tassels 
They served as a reminder to keep the commands of God. In Bible times, the men wore long clothing that was down near their ankles. And when you look down at your feet as you're walking, you would see these tassels down there. And it was just a physical reminder to walk in God's commands. And whatever you're doing, whatever you're going to do, to walk in God's commands and keep his commands. So you had the phylacteries, the boxes on their head, on their hand. You had the tassels. And what the religious leaders did in Jesus' day, they took these commands, which were good, and intended to keep you walking in God's ways as a physical, tangible reminder to keep God's word at the front of your mind and your hands, everything you do, and always walking in God's commands. They took that and they made large phylactery boxes to impress people. And so they had like shoe boxes, right, on their forehead and on their wrist so that people would say, wow, I've never seen a phylactery box quite so large. You must be really serious about God with a phylactery box like that. Is that a shoe box? Because it looks like a shoe box. Does that strain your neck walking around with that thing on your head? And they made extra long tassels on the corners of their garments, not just the normal tassels, extra long tassels to impress people. It wasn't because they had a desire to keep God's commands. They wanted to impress people. Again, look what it says, all their works they do to be seen by men. And the application for us, do we do our works to be seen by men? Do we care more about what people think about us than what God thinks about us? Are we trying to impress people or cause people to think that we are more godly and more spiritual than we really are? Are we compelled by the praise of people or are we compelled by the love of Jesus Christ? Do we serve the Lord because Jesus loves us and he died for us and he saved us and we love him because he first loved us and we just want to serve him out of our gratitude, out of of our gratefulness? Is that our motivation? Or are we hoping that people notice us when we serve him? And that's our motivation. He goes on in verse 6. He says of the Pharisees and the scribes, well, they love the best places at feasts and the best seats in the synagogues. They love greetings in the marketplaces and to be called by men, Rabbi, Rabbi. The religious leaders were motivated by pride. Pride. What does the Bible say? God resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. They were motivated by pride. They liked the recognition and the honor they received because of their position. Some people don't covet material wealth or covet money. They covet praise from people. They covet being esteemed by others and admired by others. The scribes and the Pharisees were always the guest of honor at special events. They were always seated at the head table at banquets. They were given the best seats in the synagogues right up front, VIP seating. They loved being recognized in the marketplace and to be called rabbi, 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 rabbi. I can't believe you shop at the same Sam's Club as me. You're godly and you buy in bulk. 
You're so relatable, Rabbi. I'm so glad you're my Rabbi. Do you mind if I take my picture with you, Rabbi, and post it on my social media? Yes, I do. I want you to do that. They live for that. They ate it up. One commentary I read talked about how many of the religious leaders intentionally would walk through the marketplace during the daytime just so they'd be greeted. Just so people, oh, Rabbi, Rabbi, you're in the marketplace. What a wonderful surprise. They live for that stuff. Right? Remember Jesus said, they, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their hearts were far from God. In fact, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 18, Matthew 27, 18, if you're taking notes, we are told that the religious leaders who delivered Jesus to be crucified because of envy. They were envious of him. He's got more followers. He's got bigger crowds. He's got more likes. Jesus was taking people away from those religious leaders and he threatened their status at the top of society. And so they said, we got to kill this guy. We've got to crucify him. And the application for us, am I motivated by my pride? Again, probably all of us have a little bit of a Pharisee inside of us. Am I motivated by pride? Am I uh, driven by my desire to receive praise? An admiration from people? Or am I driven by my desire to receive praise from God and to hear one day those words, well done, good and faithful servant? Is that what I'm living for? Or am I living to hear, Rabbi, Rabbi, what are you doing here? Look at verse 8. But you, now he's speaking to the crowd here, and he's essentially going to tell the crowd, don't be like the scribes and the Pharisees. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. Now, these religious leaders, the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders created this system where they were the teachers of the people. And in this system, they convinced all the people that they needed them to be their teachers, that they couldn't understand God's law or God's word on their own, and they need these rabbis, they need the Pharisees, they need the scribes, they need the Sadducees, and that's why they were honored and exalted above the people the way that they were exalted. And what Jesus is doing here, remember, he's in the temple courts, there's thousands of people, if not tens of thousands of people, and the religious leaders are there in the audience, and Jesus is undoing that here. He's undoing it. He says, one is your teacher. And it's not these scribes and Pharisees. You don't need them. Christ is your teacher. And he's the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's essentially, I'm, I'm your teacher. You don't need them. That's like in First John, it tells us that we, we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is your teacher. You've got the word of God. You've got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can teach you, enlighten the word of God to you. But they had created this system, this religious system, where the people thought, well, we can't understand what the scriptures say on our own. We, we have to go to the Pharisees. We have to go to the scribes. And here Jesus is saying, you don't need them. 
Christ is your teacher. And then he says, and you're all brethren. You're all equal. You shouldn't exalt a man above others. You shouldn't give them special treatment or special privilege because of their position. He's undoing it. He's undoing their system. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, again, we have to take all of Scripture into account with this and compare Scripture with Scripture when we get to these verses here. Uh, Paul is referred to as a teacher in 1 Timothy 2.7. Paul's called a teacher. Uh, He's also referred to as an apostle in several of his letters. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 speaks of the office of pastor and teacher in the local church along with apostle, prophet, evangelist. So as we look at other scriptures and other places in the Bible, we see that Jesus was not giving like a blanket prohibition against these positions within the church or against using titles out of respect. What Jesus is condemning here is not the position, it's not the title, but it's the pursuit of the title. It's wanting the title so that you can exalt yourself over others. Wanting the position to exalt yourself above others so that you get special treatment because of your God-given position within the body of Christ. That's what he's condemning here. These scribes and Pharisees were using their position to exalt themselves and to elevate themselves above everybody else. That's what he's condemning. Not the title, but how they were using that position. You know, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 that I just referenced, it says there that Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to the church for the equipping of the saints. Jesus gave those positions. And Jesus puts people in those positions. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives every believer a gift or multiple gifts for the body of Christ, for their place in the body of Christ. But it's the Holy Spirit's doing. The Holy Spirit gives the gifts as he wills. Here, you know, Jesus appoints these positions in the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit gives gifts in the body of Christ. We don't earn those positions. We aren't aren't self-appointed to a position. Jesus gives us that position. And so they shouldn't use a God-appointed position to exalt themselves or to gain some kind of advantage or special treatment from the people, as the scribes and Pharisees were doing. That's what they were doing. So they were using their position to exalt themselves. That's what Jesus is condemning. Not so much the position. Again, they sit in Moses' seat. They have the authority to teach the word of God, but they're using that authority now to manipulate people 
for their own personal gain. That's what he's condemning. Can you imagine a religious leader using their position to manipulate people for their own personal gain? I'm saying that sarcastically because you watch TV and you see people on TV that are manipulating people for their own personal gain. That's exactly what Jesus is condemning here. He says again in verse 9 now, he says, Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. Again, Jesus is condemning the use of that position for personal gain. He's not condemning the title. He's not saying you can't use the title father. In 1 Corinthians, Paul called himself a father to the Corinthians. He said, you know, you've had a thousand teachers, but you've got one father. And Paul was their spiritual father. He went to Corinth. He shared the gospel there. He led people to Christ. He planted the church. He stayed there for a year and a half. He discipled those people there. He poured himself into the Corinthian believers there. He was their spiritual father. But he didn't use that position for his own personal gain. He didn't use his position as their spiritual father to manipulate them and to get something from them. You can use the title father. You have an earthly father that you can call father. It's not about the title. It's about abusing that position and manipulating people with that position. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ, But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled. The Pharisees and scribes are exalting themselves. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Again, God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. In contrast to the scribes and Pharisees, they use their position to serve themselves, to exalt themselves, to receive special treatment from others, Jesus said, he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. One way greatness is measured in the world is by how many people serve you. Greatness in the kingdom of God is measured by how many people you serve. Not how many people you're above, but how many people you place above yourself. And Jesus is the ultimate example of this. He's God. And he left his position as God in heaven and he humbled himself and he came down to this earth not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life for many on the cross. And so now we come to verse 13 and Jesus begins to address the scribes and the Pharisees directly. But again, he does this in front of that crowd that's in the courts of the temple. He says in verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Remember, the word hypocrite means actor. You're pretending to be something you're not really. Now watch what he says in verse 13. Don't miss it. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. The teachings of the Pharisees and scribes actually kept people from salvation. Their teachings kept people out of the kingdom of heaven. Instead of helping people find their way into the kingdom of heaven, what they were teaching actually shut the door to the kingdom of heaven. And the terrifying thing is, people didn't even realize the door was shut. They thought they were on the road to salvation. 
Because, hey, we're listening to the Pharisees and scribes. They're the leaders. We're doing what they say. We're doing what they teach us. They thought they were on the road to salvation when they were on the road to destruction. And they didn't even know it. And they were oblivious to that reality. And I think this is a very, very terrifying thing. You know, years ago, a woman uh, began to attend our church. And I remember she told me that she said, I, I grew up in church. And I thought I was a Christian my whole life until I heard the gospel. And then I realized I wasn't a Christian. Here was somebody, they were an adult and they grew up in church and their entire life they thought that they were a Christian and that they were going to heaven and they never heard the gospel message. No one ever told her that she needed to repent of her sins and put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ, or that she needed to be born again. And unless you're born again, you're not even going to see heaven, Jesus said. She never heard that before. And she had lived her whole life under this illusion of, I'm a Christian, I'm going to go to heaven when I die, I'm going to be with Jesus. And she had never heard the gospel, she had never repented of her sins, she had never surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. And here with these religious leaders, these scribes and Pharisees, there were so many people that were just following what they said without knowing that it was the road to destruction. It wasn't the road to eternal life. Now look again at verse 13. Jesus said, look what he says, the Pharisees and scribes were not going to heaven themselves, for you neither go in yourselves. Wow. And he said this again in front of that crowd that's all watching. And I'm sure by now they're live streaming it on their phones, right? Because that's what you do. He says, you've closed the door to heaven for people by your teaching and you're not going to heaven either. It's pretty harsh, but it's true. He says in verse 14, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense you make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. Your translation might say greater damnation there. You're damned. These religious leaders, they prayed on widows. They didn't pray for widows. They prayed on widows. At that time, the scribes, they're also called lawyers elsewhere in the Gospels, they would handle the execution of wills when someone died. Uh, So if someone died, the widow would go to a scribe, and the scribe would be the uh, executive of the will and make sure that the, the estate and all the legal affairs are settled and carried out for the widow. And the scribes would use it as an opportunity to manipulate the widows and convince the widows to donate some of their property. Again, can you imagine? Here you have these these elderly widows. They're hurting. They're vulnerable. And the scribes see that as an opportunity to take advantage of them and manipulate their emotions. And you know, one way you could honor your husband is if you donated your house. You gave us some of your property. That's, that's one way you really could honor your husband's memory and his legacy. And Instead of ministering to them and caring for them in their time of need, they took advantage of them. He 
been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Matthew, chapter by chapter and verse by verse. This is a book that may cause you to be curious about the history before and also what comes after. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-giving scripture they might not hear elsewhere. What an opportunity to reach people who are lost and without hope in the world. We'd be grateful for your prayers as the word is going out through these messages. If you'd like some specifics, we'd ask that you pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would have more and more souls join him because of the truth of his word. Thanks so much for listening today and for praying. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on in the book of Matthew right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft in them. Well, I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.